Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambutasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambutasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambutasa Bhutang dhammang sankhang namasami So today is our last evening and um, we were thinking, you know, what would be good to speak about and I was deciding to speak about the, what's called the seven factors of enlightenment and they are called, you know, to be seven treasures so that seven treasures you can take home with you and you, know, you can uh, use as, as, as you see fit. And in the Bali language they are called the Bojangas and they are sometimes also called the anti-hindrances because they are the opposite, we can say, of, of the hindrances. And Ayananda Bodhi was speaking about the hindrances at the beginning of the retreat and so it's, it's actually very good to at the end of the retreat to speak about their opposites and they are seven and they are they're basically the um, the end result of, of the cultivation of, of the practice, but at the same time they are the ingredients of the path. So they are just in, you know, increasingly becoming perfected as, as we go along practicing. And they are, start, you know, they are starting with uh, you know, establishing mindfulness. So mindfulness or sati or awareness is the first one. And, you know, if we pay attention or, you know, uh, are present with what is, that's when we're establishing mindfulness and then through, you know, being with what is happening long enough, we, we come into into the depths of the experience and see, you know, what the experience is um, comprised of. And that's then the second factor of enlightenment is arising. And that's called Dhamma Vichaya or investigation. And, you know, that's when we are with our experience in the light of the teachings and we start to, to see you know, how, how we are impacted by the experience and also what we are bringing to it. And when we can, you know, recognize what we have heard in the teachings in our own experience, then, you know, we get, we get interested in the practice. And then the third factor of enlightenment arises, and that's energy or, or virya in the Pali language. And you know, it's not an energy. It's not an energy which has to be kind of very powerful or very macho, but it's just like enough energy so we don't you know, collapse into slot and topper. So it doesn't have to be necessarily very strong, but it has to be consistent. And so 
what's called also like per patient perseverance. And you know that the energy is, is also the antidote to the hindrance of slot and topa. And the, and the other one, Dhamma Vichaya investigation, is the opposite to the hindrance of doubt. And, you know, it's investigation of dhammas or investigation in the sense of, you know, knowing what's wholesome and what's unwholesome in terms of progress on the path. If we don't know that, that's when, when doubt has arisen. It's like no doubt about, you know, uh, is that the right way to fix the heating or not. It's, it's a doubt in, in regards to Dhamma, not knowing, you know, what's, what's helping us to um, act and speak and, and, you know, cultivate the mind in a skillful way. So, you know, establishing mindfulness and then investigation of Dhamma and the next one is energy. And then, you know, if, 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 you know, if, a, if a sense of interest has been established and, you know, and then energy starts to kind of come forth, naturally we don't have to put any effort into it anymore. It just arises naturally because we have been you know, really connected with what we are doing and we can really see. Uh, what's going on, then the next uh, factor of enlightenment arises, which is, is, is um, rapture or joy or in the Bali language is called pity. And it can be quite strong and it can become quite distracting if it's very strong. So at that point, you know, we really have to stay with, with the practice and not getting sidetracked, you know, by getting too interested in that, in that, ex in the joy or in the, in the rapture. And, you know, in the scriptures it's compared to, uh, it, it, it has a very strong, you know, antici anticipation in it. So it's, it's compared to if we have been wandering in the desert for a long time and we are really thirsty and then we can see from far, we can see, you know, the oasis. And then we get this kind of feeling, yes, it's there, and, and you know, get a strong sense of uh, that, we are, that we are going in the right direction. But then if we're getting too kind of carried away, it can, it can you know, throw us off because we get too excited. So then one has to be really stay, stay with what we are doing. And then if we manage, you know, to contain that... that uh, acceleration and keep on going you know deeper into the practice then the, the next factor arises and that is um, tranquility because you know joy is a precursor for tranquility to arise and choice is a very important element you know in the Dhamma practice and the Buddha has been very clear about that and Ayananda Bodhi spoke about it also when he, you know, as a young boy, when he was sitting under the rose apple tree and he, had, he fell into the first jhana, he had that experience, you know, of pity and sukha. Pity is rapture and sukha is happiness. And sukha is compared in the scriptures to when you have arrived in the oasis. So pity is before, when you just see it from a distance and you get really excited, 
and then you get there and you drink the water and you lie down in the you know in the grass there and then you have sukkah so it's a much more peaceful uh, kind of joy so uh, establishing mindfulness sati and then investigation of experience investigation of phenomena energy rapture or joy and then tranquility you know and tranquility is a precursor then for concentration or samadhi to arise and that the mind really focuses and is able to you know go even deeper into the experience and and tranquility actually is is the antidote to restlessness and another one of the hindrances and then you know we have to be careful that we don't you know through the tranquility and and samadhi you know if we stay if we are not really applying ourselves to it can easily again you know fall into sloth and torpor and then if we manage to really you know penetrate into our experience in a, in a focused way then the 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 seventh factor of enlightenment arises which is is um, equanimity or upekka and it's also one of the brahma viharas and also one of the paramitas so it's a very uh, powerful quality which you know can enhance all other positive qualities because it has this you know big view on experience and isn't thrown by anything and and the word ubeka is uh, consists of two parts and then it's interesting to know upa means towards and and the second part comes from the word ik which means to see so it 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 means you know to see from a distance so to see you know to see, as if you would for example you have a stand on a on a tower and and look over the landscape and you have a very great overview about what's happening and that's that's the experience of upeka so there's a, a, a natural sense of of detachment and letting go has already occurred because we have you know understood through the other factors of enlightenment understood you know the what's going on here and a natural detachment sets in and then through the detachment you know we are able to be ever more with our experience so that again you know reinforces sati and then is the next round and then you know if sati is really strong then again you know dhamma vichaya will be even stronger than before then energy will arise again and rapture will arise again because of seeing you know how the teachings we can really find them in our own experience we we are, you know the validity of the teaching becomes unshakable for us and then through that there's more tranquility and stronger samadhi and then more insight and ubeka again become stronger so it's a re it's a self perpetuating uh, spiral which goes deeper and deeper into reality so there's more and more 
detachment, just as a natural result. And, you know, these seven factors of enlightenment, they are not only pertaining to Dhamma practice, but also to any task we are learning to a certain degree. You know, the hindrances as well as the seven factors of enlightenment are present by whatever we are learning. And sometimes they are also, you know, divided into two groups. There's like sati or mindfulness is the balancing factor in the middle. And the first... The, the first three, like, um, investigation of dhammas, energy, and rapture, they are more energizing factors, and the other three, uh, tranquility, uh, samadhi, or concentration, and ubeka, or uh, equanimity, they are more calming, those three. So depending on how the practice is going, we have to put more emphasis on either the the one half or the other half. And you know, and the, the practice of the seven factors of enlightenment is not something you know we do uh, as a as a practice in itself, but it's more like whatever meditation objects we are working with, you know, those factors are arising. We just need to pay attention to them. And, you know, in, in terms of practice, what the Buddha suggests is to just, um, you know, to investigate. For example, if we practicing, you know, mindfulness of breathing, to just investigate is, you know, which factor of uh, enlightenment is present or not present. And then see, you know... Uh, if a certain factor has any reason how it can arise, and if it has a reason how we can um, you know, develop it further, make it more firm. You know, it's not something we, we have to do deliberately, but the only thing what we have to do, we have to set up mindfulness, you know, be, be with, with what's happening in the present moment fully, and then the sequence of those seven factors just starts to, um, you know, arise naturally. And so it's basically, you know, it's the, the natural outcome of, of setting up mindfulness are the seven factors of enlightenment. It's a natural... Um, it's it's a law of nature, basically the, the the sequence they are arising, and I think that it's quite uh, easy to um, you know see in your own experience that is how it is. And they're called seven treasures because they are so. Uh, powerful and so basic, you know, to our practice. And I brought a quote from the Anguttara Nikaya, which, you know, makes it very clear how important those are. And here the Buddha says, Whosoever is emancipated from the world does so by removing the five hindrances firmly establishing the mind in the four foundations of mindfulness and cultivating the seven factors of enlightenment. 
And then in the scriptures is also said, you know, it's just like all rivers, you know, are inclined towards the ocean. So all seven factors of enlightenment are inclined towards Nibbana. So whosoever is emancipated from the world does so by removing the five hindrances, firmly establishing the mind in the four foundations of mindfulness and cultivating the seven factors of enlightenment. So they are in itself a template of, of the path again. And in terms of, you know, support system, the scripture says, you know, the most important internal support for them to arise is wise attention and the most supportive external condition for their arising is wise uh, or good friendship. You know, to not associate with fools but associate with, with wise friends. And also, you know, we can see in the scriptures they were also used for they had a very uh, powerful uh, healing effect also on, on people who were ill. There are several uh, you know, suttas speaking about that when somebody was ill, for example, when the Buddha was ill, and I think Sariputta was ill, somebody of the monks came and chanted the seven factors of enlightenment, and they got healed after that. That's interesting. So when people are ill and they ask us for a chant, we do that one. And I thought we can do it now. Would you like to do it? So if you have anybody who is ill, you can think of them and uh, you know, share the, the factors of enlightenment with them or the power of those factors. Pochanko satisankato Dhammanang vichayo tata viriyang piti pasam Dipochanka chatata pare Samadupeka pochanka Satete sabatasina Munina samata kata pavita pahuli kata sangvatanti apinyaya nipa naya chapodhiya etena satchavachena sotite hotusapata Ekasming samayenato mokalanan chakasapang kilanetu kitetiswa pochange satate saite chatam apinanditwa rokamuchim sutankane Retena satchavachena sotite hotusapata ekata tamaracha pikelanyena pipilito chundate renatane vapanapetvana sataran 
So mindfulness or, or sati is the first one, just to set that one up and then through staying with the object, dhamma vichaya arises, investigation of dhammas. You know, if we hold, you know, the object in mind with, you know, with the teachings in the background, then this dhamma vichaya is, is the next uh, step. And then if we can see, you know, the validity of the teaching in our own experience, energy arises and rapture arises, you know, strong interest and, you know, strong conviction that this is the right way to go. And then through that, you know, confidence, tranquility arises and then through the tranquility the mind focuses which is concentration, and then through the concentration, you know, one can see ever more clearly, and then through that clear seeing, the end result is equanimity with all formations. And then through that equanimity, we are able you know, to be more present with our experience, and then, you know, the whole um, cycle you know, starts again and gets increasingly more powerful. And then, you know, that prepares the mind for a breakthrough at whenever the conditions are right, you know, breakthrough to seeing really deeply into experience and even, you know, having one of the four uh, breakthroughs to stream entry, once return and non-return arahant. So it encapsulates it's, it encapsulates the whole path, and it's called seven treasures because there are seven treasures. That's why they are called seven treasures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org/slash. Donate.